Access more. It's about time because we're going there. Hey, family. Welcome back to another episode of We're Going There. I am your host, Bianca Wattis-Oltoff. And on today's conversation, we are going to talk about the it factor. I don't know about you, but I have often alluded to and thought about what is the it factor? Now, if there is somebody that I believe has the it factor, it is Craig Groeschel. Pastor Craig is not just a founding pastor and senior pastor of Life Church, but he has led a innovative multi-site church meeting in physical locations around the United States. It's one of the largest churches in the world. In addition to that, he's also the creator of YouVersion. Yeah, the world's most downloaded Bible app. Yeah, no big deal, right? MBD, MBD. But listen, in addition to him being a phenomenal leader that has a phenomenal podcast on leadership and being a great pastor— Pastor Greg is just an overall really good person. I'm going to be honest with you. I think the reason why he has so much favor in his life is because he opens up doors and he makes ways for people like me. And I feel like though he doesn't have to, he's always mindful of those that are in his wake. Who are those people that are struggling to find their footing or have potential, but just need a little bit of guidance? In fact, Pastor Craig Rochelle had me on his podcast about a year ago and invited me to speak at the Global Leadership Summit, to which he oversees. And I have to tell you, I was so incredibly intimidated because when I think about leadership, when I think about the it factor, it's people like him. He eats like Wheaties for breakfast. You know, he pumps leadership principles like iron for his biceps, right? Like this is Craig Rochelle. He kind of looks like Tom Cruise, but he has like spiritual fortitude with the Holy Spirit. I mean, the man is amazing. He would have the it factor. And yet he called me out on his podcast and it was one of my favorite moments because it was almost like in this proverbial like share in Moonstruck moment of like slapping me across the face and saying, no, Bianca, you're a leader. Today, I hope that he gets in your grill in the way that he got in mine. I'm forever grateful for Pastor Craig, Life Church, Amy, and his family. He's an amazing man. And I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I do. Pastor Craig, I am so excited that you are on the podcast. Pastor Bianca, I'm so glad to be with you. You're one of my uh, favorite people. Amy and I were just talking about you last night. <gasps> okay, so my ears are burning. And I told Matt, I was like, you know what? I just, I'm so excited for the interview with Pastor Craig. I feel like it's the night before Christmas. And I will lead in with this. We have a lot to talk about, so I don't want to waste time and uh, with frivolous stories. But I do want to, before we even jump in, yes, I'm not fangirling. I'm honoring because you and I had a conversation on your podcast about a year ago. And I said something flippantly. And it's it's one of my favorite Pastor Craig stories because you straight laid the smack down. Now, anyone who knows, who who's never <laughs> seen you. You're like an MMA, like muscular, like pastor who can kick butt. And, and so for you to kind of say like, no, Bianca, you are a leader. I had said flippantly, I'm not a leader. And you kind of like, you, you, you handle business. And from that day forward, I just want to say my, my ideology, my belief, my language has shifted because you identified something in me. And this is my hope for today's podcast is that people listening right now, they're going to walk away and have the similar experience of you identifying and not just identifying the leader within them, but also pulling out and highlighting the leader within them. So mm. thank you for being on that the show. That makes me so happy because I think all of us have seen inside of you what God put in you from the very beginning. And the fact that you're seeing it and embracing it is, is, um, 
this God honoring, life changing, mm. and and you've you've always been a world class leader, and and uh, so I'm so thankful you're walking in that mantle now. I'm so excited. It's kind of like that moment of Neo in the Matrix where you take the pill and then your eyes are opened and you can't help but like share it with other people. So I want other people to have that like leadership experience with you. So Pastor Craig, in the introduction, we spoke about like who you are and kind of your your history, but I want to dive into a topic that I'm wildly fascinated with. So prior to even me learning about something that's been bubbling up. Um, again in your heart because you've addressed this before, but um, I've always been fascinated with the it factor. I'm from LA. And so mm -hmm. this, this language of like the it factor, the X factor is something that's normal in our nomenclature. But in 2015, an LA uh, Times article came out and defined the it factor as charisma. Now I mm -hmm. wanna know your perspective. Like how would you define the it factor? Cause that's what we're gonna be talking about today. And how do you know when someone has it? Great question. If it's okay, I'll take it one step back. And I even wonder, I wish I could do some research and find out, but in the mid 2000s, I don't know how popular the it factor was mm. um, in culture. Like it, it, people may have said it, I wasn't really aware of it. And so mm. the story behind, before I answer your question, is uh, we have back then we had like uh, 11, 12, 13, 14 different life church locations. And what's interesting is they they had the same buildings, you know, essentially the same floor plan, same look, same worship songs. Uh, the staff was hired in the same hiring system, trained in the same culture. They'd have the same messages every weekend, and the results were incredibly different, like ridiculously different. Like one of them, seven miles from the other, you'd walk into one, and there's this buzz, this anticipation, this this vibe, this faith. You could feel it in the room. And you'd walk into the other one, same contributing elements, and it felt uh, kind of flat, kind mm -hmm. of hollow, like you didn't want to be there. So what happened, Bianca, is we just started saying, you know, th th this one kind of has it, this one doesn't. And and I ended up writing a book in 2008 called It. It's since have updated it, and it's called Lead, Lead Like It Matters, expanded it. It's now like 50% bigger. But we started asking ourselves, what is it? Why does why do some leaders have it? Why do some people have it? And the answer we came to was we don't really know. <laughs> like it's impossible to describe what it is. You know it when you see it, and you know it when it's not there. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, what is the it factor in leaders? I would actually dispute the findings that it's charisma. Good. To me, it goes much, much, much broader than charisma. We have some leaders here that uh, undeniably have it but they have it for different reasons. They may not be charismatic speakers. They may not be confident in front of a crowd, but they're unbelievable team builders or they recognize talent or they have an incredible ability to bring the best out of people or oddly enough, like they just create systems that sustain it mm -hmm. and are incredibly organized. And so I can get into a lot of details of you know the contributing factors of leaders that have it, but I would, I would just say, um, man, don't insult God to think that it's only those who um, are great orators, those who are comfortable in front of a microphone, there are so many leaders that have um, different types of qualities that contribute to it, that bring it, and and uh, so we can talk as much about that as you want to. Okay, so how would you define it, and then how do you identify leaders that have it? Okay, so let's start like in um, define it. I would say it goes broader than just leaders. It would go into cultures of an organization. For example, our 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 church, like all churches, would you you might have a worship team, you might have a 
finance team or you might have a social media team or you might have a discipleship team or a small group team or a missions team or whatever. And you could have, you know, three teams that office on the same floor and the vibe, the environment, the, the feel um, of each of them is entirely different. Some of them you walk in and there's a sense of direction, community, meaning, purpose, joy, fun. Uh, they might fight, but they fight toward a resolution and move mm-hmm. forward. You w- might walk into another one and there's there's discord, there's drama, there's deadbeats, there's no vision, there's no focus, there's no passion. And so I would say that teams can have it or teams can be absent from it. Mm-hmm. When it comes to um, a leader, I would say that there are certain leaders and with entirely different approaches can create something. What is it? I don't know. Like, I literally can't explain it. All I, I know it's from God, for God, by God. I know that one person can't necessarily bring it by themselves, but I know that the wrong person can kill it, right? Yeah. That, that, that they can. And so the answer is I can't exactly explain what it is, but I can tell you when we see it. So what we did is we started looking at the teams that had it, the churches that had it, the cultures that had it, and ask what are the common ingredients that we believe contribute to it? And we, we found seven of those I wrote about in the book. Then, then we looked at the leaders that had it, and this is where it got really crazy. This got, got super confusing. We did a deep dive into the leaders that have it. What is it? I don't know. That's something special. That that thing that takes a team and makes them two plus two equals 12. That thing that mm-hmm. creates fun, energy, drive, and overcomer mindset. The team that moves mountains and believes the impossible. The, 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 whatever that is. And this is what's crazy, Pastor Bianca, is we found that those leaders that have it they have what I would call like contrasting values that shouldn't seem to coexist. And let me explain. Uh, You would think that maybe uh, a leader that has it uh, might be confident. They're always gonna be confident. But what we found is the leaders that have it, they're both confident and they're humble Mm. all at the same time. And you wouldn't necessarily think those things go together, but they do. We found that leaders that have it, they're always driven, 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 but they also, they're healthy. They recover well. Um, If you're not driven, you're not going to ever have it. But if you're not healthy, you're not going to sustain it. And so there's these contrasting values. And what we found is, I can go into as many as you want, but we found that there's there's ten of them essentially that almost that that they're going to have some combination of these. I could look at you, and we would probably find you've got four or five of these combinations that appear to be paradoxical or contrasting values. They've got both of them. The presence of both contribute to it. The absence of one almost makes it impossible to um, to be present. So I got an early copy of this book and I read it. And one of the things, first of all, let me just tell you, I, I, I know you probably know this, but no one would, I don't think people look at you and you're just very like refined and, 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 and smart and you lead so well and you lead a lot of things that no one would, I don't think anyone would look at you and be like, wow, he's really funny, but your book is funny. Like you're a funny pastor. The story of the four finger Jerome, I literally laughed out loud. I laughed out loud. So kudos to you because you make talking about leadership fun and applicable and totally normal. But at this point in the podcast, I think that there's going to be somebody out there that's maybe um, an entrepreneur or a small business owner or a stay at home mom. And they're thinking like, okay, well, this podcast isn't for me because I'm not a pastor or I'm not a leader. One of the things that I think that you do such a great job on is that you put leadership on like the low shelf. It's it's for everyone. And in the book, mm-hmm. um, there's, a, like you had mentioned, there's seven, there's seven things that you get to unpack in the book. But I just want to take a couple of those and kind of demystify this. And when we talk about the it factor, I want... 
and want the stay-at-home mom to think, wait a minute, I want my family to have the it factor. I want the small business 100%. owner to say, like, I want to have the it factor. I want young leaders, like people in college, to say, when I apply for the job, I want to have that it factor. And so mm-hmm. a couple of the things that I want to talk about is vision. Mm-hmm. And you you are so good at casting vision. I mean, it literally from the messages that you write to the podcasts that you produce to the books, like you always lead with such great vision. So why is it important when we talk about leading like it matters? When we talk about the it factor. Why is vision so important? Well, it's completely essential. And, and first, I, I just want to say to anybody who would think that this doesn't apply to me because I'm not a leader, I would just I would kind of remind you and ask you what is leadership and, and leadership is influence mm. and every single one of you have influence you've got influence with your friends you've got influence with your family you've got influence with people at your church with your coworkers you you can you can influence up you can influence your bosses your supervisors and so I just want to like beg you and tell you one of the most spiritual things you can do is lead that's what you do is you lead. You can go You can go on a mission trip. You can fast. You can pray. You can do spiritual warfare, have a Bible study. And leading is every bit as spiritual as these other gifts. And so you are, you know, I want you to see yourself as a leader. And I just kind of went on a rant. Your question was, remind me again, you said- <laughs> No, I love I, I it. That's sure going to actually be at the yeah. top of the show because this is when Pastor Oh, oh Craig, yeah, vision. Yes. Yeah. This so is when Pastor I forgot Craig my vision. bossy I, I and I forgot the vision for, for the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Vision, so, vision. Uh, vision, vision matters, and I forgot the vision and direction, right? So, uh, <laughs> 100%, um, any team, any church, any small group, any home business, um, any family that is going anywhere has to know where they're going. Mm. Where there is no vision, the people perish. They cast off restraint. They run wild, Scripture says. And so anytime any any organization has it, there's always going to be a vision. And what happens is we know is that vision leaks. What's crazy is we can we can cast vision. We can talk about what we're about. We can, we can try to drive values. But over time, people become inward-looking. They start thinking about what about me, what about me, um, whatever's urgent tends to crowd out what's most important. And so we have to keep the vision front and center. And what I would say, I don't know, I don't know any leader I've ever worked with, including me, that ever talks about vision too much. I would just tell mm-hmm. tell you, where are you going? What do you stand for? What are you about? What are you trying to accomplish? Why does it matter what you're trying to accomplish in your family? What are our values? What do we want to stand for? What do we want to accomplish when we go out and there's peer pressure? What do we not do and why do we not do it? What do we always stand for and why do we stand for it? When we're starting a, you know, your young influencer, you know, your products online or your, your multi-level marketing, uh, something you believe in. If you're if you're if you're selling makeup or selling tires, why does it matter? Who are you connecting with? And you tell them over and over and over and over again. And the people you're with, when you feel like you've told them too much double what you've told them. Do it until you feel like you've done it too much and then double it. And you'll, you, you probably still need to do more, but it matters more than you can imagine. You know, one of the things um, that I walk through with a local counselor here is I'm putting a vision for my own life, like outside of church, outside of podcasts, outside of writing, just what is the vision for me? And so as I was reading yes. this, I'm like, I couldn't agree like more with what you're saying that it can even go down to our, just our personal life, our families. What do we see for our families? What do we see for our future? What do we see in our businesses? And so uh, this is where I love honing in the how, because we can talk about this and this Mm -hmm. sounds amazing, but someone's going to feel really overwhelmed. And so again, I want to make this as simple as possible. Do you have any tips, any tactics, any um, ways that people can go around identifying like, how do I craft a vision for my life or my business or my church? 
It's a great question. So I, I love the I love the how, and let's also not just think about the what, but let's think about the who. So most people think mm -hmm. the what is the vision, but we don't want to just have a vision for what we do. We want a, a vision for who we are, and this is so important. Most people make what goals. Very few people make who goals. And so rather than just saying, this is what I want to accomplish, this is what I want to do, this is what I want our organizations to stand for, what we want to do is say, who do we want to be? Mm -hmm. What kind of who goals do we have? Um, who do we want to be in five years? And so that changes the type of goals that we um, will develop. And then um, once we have it, what we want to do is we want to be very, 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 very clear in being able to state, this is exactly where we're going. And what happens is, uh, someone can start off, they start a, a small business and they're really passionate about whatever the case would be. And then they get a little social media attention and they get distracted by that. And they start saying, oh, it's about me. Or they start getting money and they never started to be about money, but they start getting money and the money becomes the driving force or the, the win. But what made the money in the first place was caring about people. And so what we want to do is we want to work really, really, really hard to be crystal clear on what matters. And it was Jim Collins um, in a classic old book, what was it called? Uh, Good to Great. Good to Great. And he just asked, like, at, at what can you be the best at in the world? Fantastic question. What What has God put inside of you? What's unique? What's different? It doesn't have to be you're better than everyone else. It may be you hurt more than everyone else. It may be you went through something that no one else would ever want to go through. And so you have a deep understanding. You have a deep compassion. It may not be that you're charismatic in front of others, but you may love people. You may be empathetic. You may be the best listener. You may be ridiculously organized. You you get up, think, you got you got list and checklist and double checking. It, it, it may be that you, uh, you just believe in people. You stay out of the way. You make other people look great. And what you want to do is you want to get into what what do you value? What do you stand for? What are you passionate about? What breaks your heart? What makes you um, righteously angry on, angry on behalf of God, and then cast a vision to go there. And even if it even if your vision changes or evolves, it I'd re it's easier to turn a moving car than one that's that's still. And so let's just, let's yeah. just keep, let's just keep it rolling. Just keep it rolling. Let's yeah. be going somewhere. Every day we're going somewhere. I love that. Okay. So then once we identify or articulate even simply uh, a vision statement for our life or our business, our organization, our church, how do we evaluate our actions mm -hmm. juxtaposed with the vision? So this is, so I'm basically getting like free leadership advice um, about leading the church. Uh, but so how do we then, so we have this, we have this vision and how do I evaluate our staff's actions or our leadership actions, Matt and I's leadership actions in regard to the vision of the church? Like what's the good way to assess and constantly check in or should we constantly check in? No. I'm always checking in. I'm probably like over analytical, but yeah. like walk me through this process. I don't think Does it that would be matter? I don't think it would be possible to be overly analytical about this. You, you want to- <gasps> Oh my gosh, did I get an A plus, Pastor it. Craig? Yes. <laughs> You're so funny. Yeah, no, you, this is something you want to adjust all the time because what tends to happen is that values- um, values drift, vision leaks and values drift. And so with the trajectory of our lives, and this is really sad, but um, theologically, we're sinful by nature. So we are like sheep that are prone to wander. And what happens is we can start off in the right direction with the right values and things just drift toward us, what we like, what benefits us, what makes us comfortable, what makes us feel successful. 
And so even with good intentions, we can start in the right direction, but we tend to drift. So you always want to analyze. And then what happens, Bianca, that a lot of people miss is we often overcomplicate what we're called to do, and we end up doing way, way, way too much. And so what does success do? Success creates complexity. Complexity kills growth. So the more successful we become, the more we tend to do. The more we tend to do, the more we undermine the possibility of real success because we start diminishing our returns by spreading out into doing too many things. And this is the real temptation. And the challenge is when you have a strong vision, you end up getting somewhere. You attract great people. You have profits. You can use the profits. You can have a real ministry. And then you have options. When you're starting out, you don't have any options. And the options can become a distraction away from the values that made you successful in the beginning. And yeah. so you have to you, you have to constantly evaluate and then you have to constantly prune, make sure we're not adding more. And we're to be real transparent, we're in a season of that at the church right now where we've been more focused than most churches, but in my opinion, we've been less focused than um, is wise. We in meaning we we all should be mm -hmm. way, way more focused. And that what happens is we we say just because we could do it, we might as well. And we have to say, just because we could doesn't mean we should. We, we grow with our nose. And so a good, a strong vision mm. creates clarity. And the clarity isn't on what we do. The clarity is on what we don't do. That's the mark of success, is clarity drives what you don't do. The more you say no, the more likely you are to, to be successful. We don't grow with our yeses. We grow with our noes. So this is a perfect point to pivot to one of an, another um, attribute that you list in the book for uh, seven leadership principles that are in Lead Like It Matters, and it's divine focus. So you had kind of like hinted and flirted about that, but I want to stay there for a second because mm -hmm. once you have your vision, this is great. Um, we grow with our no's, not with our yeses, but we're going to need, uh, to use your language, divine focus. Yes. And so what are some real life examples when we talk about um, vision and focus coming together? So I, I think this matters because when we talk about vision, it's very ethereal and it's great. And once you have it, amazing. But I feel like divine focus really hones down, like moving forward and taking next steps. It does. But it does. Yeah. So like, you know, if, if I were, if I had the gift of advising you, what I would try to do is I try to get into like, who do you want to become and what do you really want to accomplish in your life? And then what we do is we'd say, okay, what is the path there? So if that's this is who Pastor Bianca wants to be, and this is what you really want to accomplish, what next few steps do we need to take? Most people try to determine steps five, six, and seven, but the problem is you often can't see steps five, six, and seven until you take one, two, and three. And so you make sure mm -hmm. you just take what is one, two, and three, and you just take the next step. Then what you want to do is you want to make sure that the steps continue in the right direction because the more you tend to get movement, the easier it is for the, the car or the boat or the ship or the plane to turn, right? And the, you, have yeah. to, you have to work your brains out not to turn. And so if we got to sit down, I would look at everything you're doing, make a list of, I mean, everything from, you know, when you're shopping to when you're studying the Bible to when you're training your team to when you're working out to when you're spending time with your husband to when you're looking at Netflix to when you're looking at Instagram. I mean, I, I would look at all of it and try to ask, what brings both the most fulfillment and the most impact? And ask you, why Why are you doing the other stuff? What brings okay, the most okay. fulfillment? Okay, I'm mindful of the time. Mm -hmm. I'm mindful of the time, but I'm going to ask you two questions. I don't know if we have time for this, but I think that, I, again, I want to make it so plain. Mm -hmm. Have you done this for your life? I do this for my life incessantly, 
and I, I have, and I fail incessantly. Meaning, like I, I, I wander into trouble by doing too much. So often, it'll make your head spin. And so, over and over and over again, yes. Okay, so. I'm going to need you to take the lead on this one, but can we workshop this? Because somebody out there is listening, might feel overwhelmed and say, I don't even know where to begin. So like in, in, in an abbreviated version, I'm walking through this. And of course we can't go through my entire schedule, but like the big pressing things right now is it feels like I birthed a baby and that is the church. Mm -hmm. And so the church takes a lot of my time, but then I'm also very excited about the podcast. And I just signed another book contract and I'm so excited to be writing again, that's going to start next month. And so there's a lot of like moving factors, but then I also love to cook and I love to host and entertain and I love culture. And if I could just whittle down what I want to do, I think people would think like, oh, well, you want to, you know, lead a church for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be one of the things that I do, but I'm just like, I, I like to approach life with like a multifaceted view as in like, there's so much more to me than just this one thing. And so if, in a perfect world, if I could reach culture and talk to culture and influence culture through the lens of Christ, that's my greatest win. Mm -hmm. How do I evaluate that? It's a great question. And I don't want to talk you out of being multifaceted. You want to be that. You want you want a broad range of relationships. You want a broad range of experiences. So I'm not talking you into being a narrow or a small person at all. But what okay. I want to try to do is encourage you to invest a little bit of time that you have into the places that bring about the highest return, ministry return, impact, whatever, how you would define that, and what is simultaneously most fulfilling to you. Because if either one of Wait, those- Wait, say those two questions again. Those are fabulous. Those are fabulous. I'm actually writing them down. Impact and fulfillment. So whatever impact, ministry, profit, influence, whatever whatever word you want to use in your industry, I would say impact and, and fulfillment. Because if either one of those are not there- the, the you're going to be imbalanced if it's all like this really makes a difference but it doesn't refill you doesn't energize you doesn't doesn't give you a sense of I'm pleasing God then you're going to mm. you're going to burn out if it's all about I love this I love that sometimes people will give a talk and I'll say how did it go they say well I enjoyed it like I really don't give a rip if you enjoyed it was it effective <laughs> like you know you could enjoy it all you want on someone else's time was it good right <laughs> And so, we, so we want to we want to look where do those things overlap, and then we want to spend the vast majority of our time there. And what happens, Pastor, when you do that, you tend to become successful. You start to get resources, and then what I say you do this sounds really crazy, but then you delegate other things, you hire them out, and you're going to free up mm -hmm. as much of your time for what fulfills and what brings impact. And, and honestly, it's not bad if like cooking fulfills you and that doesn't bring a lot of impact, but if it fulfills you, then do it because that's a part of the piece of the puzzle that brings balance into your life. And you, you may be like mowing your own yard right now and you hate it and you'd rather be doing something else. You'd rather be investing in leaders. I'd say the moment you can afford to hire that out, hire it out. The moment you can afford to delegate something on your team that you don't enjoy, someone else like loves it. Someone wakes up nerding out over the very thing you hate. So you bring fulfillment to them and you free yourself up to invest it in what really impacts your culture or your hits your, your yeah. vision and, and that you enjoy. And that's what sustains you. Then, then that's when that's when you have real power. But what happens is you're going to be like, there's so many things I want to do. I've always wanted to start a church planting organization. I don't do it because it's second tier values to me. Mm. I want to go do like, I want to do leadership full time, but I don't do it because I love the church more. 
I, I've, I've done real estate since I was 19 years old, bought my first few houses in college. I just, I like look at deals all the time. I, I do some on the side, but like, I would love to teach people how to do it. I'd love to do it full time. I don't do it much at all because you've got, I got a higher focus. What you want to do is you, you want to really limit your life into a few big areas. If you're, if you're in a few areas, they'll be big. If you're in a bazillion areas, they're going to be small and less effective. Mm. doesn't mean you have a small life. It means you have a big focus. And big focus will free you up to do all those fun things, then travel, then write, then, then, you know, dabble in those things, but don't let the dabble rob you from the, from the vision. I love that. I love that. And it's funny, even just like listening to you and processing, like the impact right now is with, um, what the Lord's put in front of me, these three things, podcasting and writing in the church. Um, the fulfillment comes when I get to take the desire to cook or impact culture and do it with my team. Like our team dinners, I know it's bananas. I'm, I won't be able to do this forever because our team's just going to continue to grow, but I literally will cook almost all of our staff meetings. We host it here at our at our house and we try to squeeze everyone in and I cook for everyone. And I, I mean, even familial from Thanksgiving or Christmas, it's just, I, it brings me such fulfillment. So, so. Then, we, then we would look to pastor all the other things you do during the day and ask, are there any of those things you can delegate out? I mean, all the other things you do. Can you talk to Matt about this? Because I don't want to clean. How about that? Okay. <laughs> I would Matthew say- Ray Oltoff, if you're listening to this episode, which he will because he loves you, Pastor Craig. I think there's a lot of episodes he doesn't listen to. He's gonna listen to this one. So um, what would you tell what would you tell a spouse? Man, I would I would um, say other spouse doesn't feel called to uh, chores. I, I would say, and this this and I, I want to acknowledge that in many parts of the world, what I'm gonna say, this sounds entitled and undoable because we know there are people okay. that that can't eat much today, right? So this I just I'm acknowledging that what I'm saying is very much in our blessed world. But I would say if you have the capacity to hire someone to clean your house and you don't like to clean your house, I would make that decision so fast that you're you couldn't even blink because what it does is it frees you up to go to a place where you can either make a bigger impact or mm. possibly have a better financial return. And the financial return may not be your your main goal, but if you can make more money in an hour than you pay someone, go make that money there and, and then give it away. Or mm. you, so you want to use everything you can to free up resources so that you can do what makes a difference in the world. And so I don't think it's it, it may sound selfish or entitled to hire things out like that, but I would say it lacks wisdom and stewardship if you don't. If you have the ability mm. to bless someone else with a job, um, provide someone else with an opportunity on your team and give stuff away, then it, then it takes you toward the things only you can uniquely do. And, and I think that's, I think that's God honoring. I really do. I love that. Okay. So as we wind this interview down, I mean, I, I feel like I could talk to you for hours and just like pick your brain. So this is so fun, but I think that this is a great point to pivot to the last leadership principle that I want to unpack and that's kingdom mindedness. Mm -hmm. And you kind of alluded to that um, a little bit ago, but what does it look like for us to live kingdom-minded mm -hmm. and for someone out there, whether they are changing a diaper or filling out an Excel spreadsheet or thinking through a business plan or thinking through a sermon, what does that, I what love, does that I mean for I love that us? question. So we found the ministries that have it are almost always kingdom-minded. And when I say that, it's not their kingdom, it's, it's God's kingdom. And I want to say, first of all, I think you and your husband are two of the most kingdom-minded leaders that I've come across. Like you, you have a heart for God and for God's people that go beyond you. In other words, you're not a 
You're not a, you're not just a me-centered leader like a lot of people are. Like, how does this benefit me? And look at me and follow me. And now it's all about me. You're not just a me-centered. A next level is a you-centered leader, which is better. Like, I'm about you. I want to help you get better. I want to find out your values. And that's a step up. Even above that is a God-honoring leader, which is I want to put him first. And because he's first, I put others ahead of myself and I help them succeed, but not just to help them be successful, but help them be successful in serving and honoring Him. So, yeah. in the I told I alluded earlier to ten of the um, uh, kind of paradoxical qualities that leaders have. One of them that falls into this is that they're typically frugal and abundant. And this is really interesting. There's they're they're generally like cheap tightwads and hyper focused on managing resources well. But they're also like this abundant-minded, generous. And so there's this there's yeah. contrasting thing. Like I literally might not buy the salmon instead of the chicken because it costs $2 more, but I can give several thousand dollars without even blinking. So I'm going to be generous, but I'm going to yeah. be frugal. And, and so these things tend to work together. And what happens organizationally is those that tend to have it, they're not about themselves. And they're going to be wise stewards, but then they take what they have and they say, this is for the glory of God, and they give. Anytime there's someone with kind of a poverty mindset, they feel like my ideas are limited, so I have to keep them to myself. I'm not going to have, or I should say a scarcity mindset. We don't have much, Mm -hmm. so we've got to guard it. But those that are really, truly have it, they're both wise with what they have, but at the same time, they're abundant-minded. If I give it away, God will provide more. And they're, this is what you are. You're, you're, you steward your time well, but you also bless other people with it. You're developing yourself, but you're also developing others. Your church is generous. You're making a difference all over the world. You're you're pinching pennies a lot of times when it comes to you, but you give very, very generously when it comes to your, your ministry. And that's one of the reasons why you have it, is it's, we're, it's not about us. We're not me-centered. We're not even just you-centered leaders. We're God-centered leaders. And because of that, you can you can generally make a real difference around the world. So I'm going to try not to get emotional hearing you say that because my friends always get mad at me. Bianca, you're so emotional. Stop being emotional. But like that just, it means so much. So thank you. Coming from you, I view you not just as my pastor, but as a coach and someone who Matt and I aspire to not just lead the way that you and Amy lead, but to love the way that you and Amy love. Like, Mm -hmm. honestly, you guys are just punch drunk in love. We're here for it. I'm grateful for you. Your resources, your podcast, the Craig Rochelle Leadership Podcast is one that I am obsessed with. My last two favorite episodes were Leading Out of Chaos and the six ways that we can lead out of chaos Mm -hmm. and uh, Dangerous Prayers. One of the books that you wrote not too long ago has impacted my faith and my life. I'm living in Ephesians 3, 20, 21 life because I'm believing in dangerous prayers. And also your most recent book um, that we will hyperlink to in the show notes, when you were in your mind, it, it, it changed the way that I think. Mm, so I I'm, I'm, I love when science and scripture and story come together and you do that so beautifully. I cannot wait for this book to come out. And um, my contribution is I love boosting Amazon sales. And as always, five lucky listeners will get a copy of this book that I will purchase through Amazon and ship to them. And also link for people to be able to get this book because I just believe in it. I love it. You don't have to be thank a you. church planter or a church leader to benefit from it. Can, can I'm I, obsessed with can it. Can I tell so you about you. a free resource too? And just, just, yes, please. And just so you know, if it's I, free, it's yeah, for me, friend. Yes. Bring it on. Come I, on. <laughs> I am, I, I'm, I'm going to push book sales. And just so you know, uh, um, Amy and I make no money off this book. We're, we're honored to donate. 
one hundred percent of the proceeds. So I feel like I can push it liberally. But if you buy, are you going to donate it to the Father's House Orange County? Because that'd be awesome. <laughs> I may send you a love offering, but you're not getting all of it. I promise you that. So, <laughs> so uh, I feel more more liberal. I feel like I can push it. But if you pre-order the book, depending on when you drop this podcast, you can put a link. It's going to be in, before in your notes that uh, yes. we did a eight session video teaching around the uh, seven topics and then one kind of an introductory one. So if they pre-order the book, they get that free. And uh, mm -hmm. I, hopefully that'll be helpful as well. And I just want to tell you too, man, don't stop being emotional. That's that's one of the things that make you Thank authentic you. is just you, you just, you. you ooze um, authenticity. <laughs> and that's, and we know that really matters, right? You just keep doing yes. that. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I appreciate just the free resources that you are constantly pushing out to everyone at Life Church, to you, Version, to all the things you co-sign on and being an amazing epic dad. I just want to say Matt and I love and appreciate you mm -hmm. and Amy and the thank church. You. And I'm so grateful for your time and so grateful for this book. We love Me you guys and Four too. Finger, Jerome, Let's just go, like, Jerome. love you. And <laughs> we will serve until the day we die. So you can, you can cook dinner for me and Four Finger Jerome. We'll be, we'll be there. <laughs> dream life. Dream Let's life. Go. Thank you. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in, friends. As you heard, Pastor Craig is a New York Times bestselling author and his latest book, Lead Like It Matters, will release in August, 2022. If you pre-order, you get a bunch of amazing stuff. I highly encourage you to pre-order it. And listen, you might not be like in church leadership, but leadership is leadership wherever you're at. I love Pastor Greg, and you can check out any of his resources on Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere that fine books are sold. In addition to that, I'd highly encourage you to subscribe to his leadership podcast. It comes out once a month, and it's some of my favorites. Friends, I appreciate you, and we want to give away some resources. So this is me personally developing you by supporting my boy, Pastor Craig. So if you tag Pastor Craig on social media, I'm going to give away not five, but 10 copies of Lead Like It Matters. I loved this book. Like legit, I love this book. I don't talk about books that I personally don't read. I want to give it away to you for free because I love you and I love Pastor Craig. So tag at Pastor Craig and at Bianca Oltoff so I can see it and 10 lucky winners will get an Amazon gift in the mail for them. Yes. If you've enjoyed this podcast, would you consider sharing it with your friends, your loved ones, your frenemies and your enemies? Yes. Let them know about this podcast or you could subscribe at Access More or anywhere that you listen to find podcasts. Thanks for being part of this community and I can't wait to connect next week. Mm -hmm.